so I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Eamon Donoghue to preview the weekend's action. Uh, Eamon, plenty of football to, to look forward to this weekend. Two big games on uh, Sunday, Roscommon Mayo and uh, Cork Kerry. Uh, first of all, how did you find last weekend's um, action, the first week of the Championship? Yeah, it's all happening so quickly now. Matches are running into each other. It's kind of the, the build-up um, normally for these big games goes on for a couple of weeks, so you kind of have loads of time to think about it, but they're just running from league one into one into another. Um, so Mayo, for instance, like went back-to-back like league important league games straight into the championship, and now they've got the rest common game. So. Um, but yeah, the main talking point, I think, from last week was the weather and the impact it had. Um, I know a lot of people have talked about winter... Um, Winter Championship, but like, yeah, really made a massive impact. Like the Tyrone Donegal game was, was um, you know, like it was completely suited to a certain type of play and kind of Donegal's physicality made a huge difference. And the type of football you'd seen Tyrone play against Mayo just wasn't possible. So um, now they're well able to kind of mix it in the other way. But yeah, it definitely did limit them. So um, I don't think the fo- the forecast isn't promised to be anything like that this weekend. But um, in the weeks ahead. You know, if you get conditions like that with the wind and the kind of the rain falling down, fair enough. The underfoot conditions in Crow Park are never going to be like what they were in Valley Buffet, but it's still going to affect the the speed of the play and the touch and and all of these kind of things. Bringing the ball into contact, um, decision making, yeah, it's going to make a huge difference. Uh, it's a good point because I was actually watching a bit of the Mayo Leitrim game while in between the Donegal Tyrone game. On all Leitrim lost by eleven in the end, but for a long spell it was kind of a leveler. Um, you know, but just it doesn't suit uh, a Division One team to play free-flowing attacking football, and it might can cause shocks, but it'll definitely maybe enhance the chances of the weaker counties. Yeah, and again, it, 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 if you alter your play to to benefit or to suit the conditions, so Leitrim kicked. I think nearly every one of their kickouts, um, I think except for two, they kicked all of their kickouts long. Um, and not long, like specifically to a, a half forward or anything like that. One or two, they kind of aimed for a half forward, but they just lashed them out. And Mayo aren't as strong as they were before around the middle. And they just got numbers around there. And next second, you're getting a starting point of possession in the middle of the field. And that, you know, can, that can be a leveler against the team who are, you know, three divisions ahead of you or two divisions ahead of you. So, um, if you can play, if you can play the conditions, but you know these teams are so drilled now for a couple, some of them for a couple of years, um, that to ask them to change the way they play, um, you know, it will actually be hard. But um, yeah, the teams who adapt quickest will be the teams who do best. Yeah, so we'll move on to the weekend's action. Um, probably Roscommon Mayo is, is the the big game. It should be the tightest, anyways. Um, it's in the height this year. Obviously, Roscommon bet Mayo last year. Um, Two weeks ago, Mayo back Galway, and then everyone's talking nearly could they win in All Ireland, and then kind of saying, "Oh wait, Roscommon could could beat them," you know. So, uh, how do you see it uh, panning out? Um, yeah, well, Mayo were so impressive in that game against Galway. Um, against Tyrone, they were still impressive, um, mm. and Tyrone scored a lot. I I just thought to myself that they were kind of very open in the back, but they didn't assign Lee Keegan or. Paddy Dirk and Tony Mann, Mark and Judy's. And, like, that's kind of their defensive system. So that would be akin to another team going out without a defensive system because that's how they defend. And they didn't put up any matchups and that allowed them to leak a lot of scores. Um, and then they came back when, when they had the wind and they, they, nearly, they nearly turned that around. And then they, 
they did what they needed to do against Leitrim. Killian O'Connor is back looking fit. They've got like a completely different structure. They've Aidan O'Shea inside. Um, Mark Moran, if he's fit on centre forward, gives them a whole new dynamic. They're experimenting with Conor Loftus in midfield, which again adds to their attack. Um, and then it just depends um, if they stick to that team that's been playing. I think Oshie Mullen and, and uh, McLaughlin in the half back line have been brilliant, especially Oshie Mullen. He's a fantastic um, player. He's as good a defender as, as in the country yeah. and uh, in his first year. Um, so they've been so impressive. And if they can make, a, like, they'll have to make tweaks as it goes on, like certain experiments, such as the middle of the park, and um, maybe bring in a few more experienced players back. But that'll all depend on form. But they've looked like All Ireland contenders. Um, Russ Common have stronger squads than they've had in recent years because they've everyone back pretty much. Um, but then you could possibly fall into a trap of picking your team on paper, which is the opposite of what. Mayo are doing. Mayo are picking a team on form, and they're not. They're not picking players on reputation. Whereas Common could easily fall into that trap. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a it's a hard one to completely call. Um, obviously, as any game is hard to call at the moment. But I I think that the Mayo are just going to be too too strong for us Common um, overall, and especially coming off the bench and stuff like that. I, yeah, I just think they'll be too strong, but. At the same time, Roscommon's main, and it sounds so strange against Mayo to say, but Roscommon's main chances is if they target midfield, where they normally get slaughtered by Mayo. Mm, if they target yeah. midfield, you know, Mayo have no Tom, Tom Parsons there, no Shamey O'Shea there, Aiden O'Shea's inside. And if they start winning a bit of ball in midfield, and then Aiden has to come out, and that just disrupts the whole Mayo pattern, you know, then, then you get an even platform. And Roscommon definitely have the forwards who do damage. So, um, by no means is it straightforward, or will it be straightforward? But I think Mayo, I'd be, I'd be fancying Mayo on that. Yeah, the team selection will be interesting, probably more so for Mayo than Roscommon because, you know, Roscommon, you could probably name thirteen or fourteen guaranteed starters. There won't be too many surprises in there. With Mayo, and um, I think there was seven championship debutants last week. Talk with Horan go back to maybe McLaughlin, uh, Barrett. I think a few more to come in or really stick with with young players. Yeah, and that's it. Like he's 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 listening to the uh, interviews and um, even kind of local reports down there. Like the, these guys aren't injured or anything like that. They're just not. Mm. Some of them aren't even squad. Um, so he's picking on form. You'd imagine with the new introductions they have this year, Mullen, McLaughlin, Mullen, um, Ryan Donahue, um, You know they've got some some several new players coming in there that. They'd have some really quality A and B matches there without having to, you know, go out playing challenge matches. Obviously, would be very difficult at the moment, um, or even over recent weeks. And the competition replaced to be really strong. And as I said, now we're common. Anthony Cunningham will no doubt be picking players based on form as well. But I don't know if he would be to the same extent. And um, you know, there's there's risk reward in both cases. Like Mayo, if they start tinkering too much, um, and a game is in a melting pot. Now, these young lads aren't going to be able to see it out the same way as Colin Boyle, Donald Vaughan would be. But at the same time, then they're going to come into it with huge enthusiasm where if the same, it won't be the case if you're picking guys based on, on reputation. Um, so the bits of the club championship that I've seen in Roscommon, um, I wouldn't say there's been huge, um, it has hugely affected the team selection. Um, you know, there's been no bolters coming in there from having great club championships, um, no young lads coming in from Bridgets or anything like that, even though they were very young, obviously. Um, where Mayo has said have 
have really picked on form. So I, I would I would see that as a massive positive for them. And if they stick with that and they continue to kind of learn, they'll have to learn. Like th- that team will evolve constantly if they continue to do that. Yeah, like I think they'll be contenders for All Ireland if they can get by Roscommon. And I, I think Roscommon will set more of a challenge than Galway to be honest. But if they can get by Roscommon. Yeah, from a Roscommon point of view, would they feel now that this is their chance, really? You know, they're, they've been playing together maybe four or five years. It's a settled enough team. That, you know, Mayo, as he said, we were saying there, you know, a bit of uncertainty around the team and new players coming in. Would they feel that this is their chance, really, to maybe overtake them in some ways? I know Mayo are still a huge county in that, but just to even get closer to being beside Galway, because Galway are nearly considered as the best at the moment. Um, yeah, I just think, I think that there's no kind of... Mayo dominated there for a long time. I just think with the, the strength of Mayo and Galway at the moment, no one's going to be dominating um, like that for the next, for any for the foreseeable. Because the, even when you talk about like Roscommon, kind of, they had a period there of a lot of underage success. Like it, simultaneously, Mayo and Galway were in All-Ireland's at underage as well. Like So all three are producing really strong um, teams. And like last year... Current season, the season before, you had the three of them were all Division One. Like so, um, I don't think it'd be a case of overtaking, um, but it definitely is a huge opportunity for us. Common definitely is a huge opportunity for us. Common because mainly because they've got so many lads who are fit, um, the pressure is off them to an extent because you know they won the current championship last year, they got promotion already this year, um, yeah, and it's straight into a game against Mayo if they lost was being competitive no one's going to really say much against them so it is all it's all positives for them but um in terms of the the way i see the game going and people kind of looking at last like last year was were incredibly fortunate in that game against mayo like like the amount of wides that mayo kicked the dominant domination of possession um so i think and then the goals really hurt mayo but the way Mayo played last year left themselves open to that because Roscommon do hold possession. They do um, get numbers behind the ball and they, they can, they're very dangerous up front, so they can hurt you. But again, as I said, Mayo were playing slightly different this year. Um, a bit more, a few more ball players, a few more clever players out the field. So um, I don't see that happening as much. But you know, Roscommon have Connor Cox, um, Enda Smith, Kyle Craig, um, you know, Jim Murta coming on, Kieran Murta coming on. Like these goals, these guys are going to get scores, even if the game is completely against them. So um, the game is going to be competitive no matter what, and it can go either way. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Would you say maybe that the two most influential players, obviously on each team, Aidan O'Shea, possibly? I know Kenny O'Connor's in good form. Aidan O'Shea inside, and maybe Enda Smith first coming over the years has been, you know, the go-to man to look to. Would, would they be the two players that both teams would be saying right? Let's, let's stop him and we'll definitely enhance our chances. Yeah, I think if Aiden was midfield, you'd be expecting him to just dominate as, as, as he always does whenever he's played midfield against Roscommon. But the game that stands out for me when he played centre-forward in Crow Park against Roscommon, I think Sean Malouli did a brilliant job on him. Yeah, um, yeah. And Sean Malouli's physical, he's very tough. Um, and yeah, he's... he's like a, a physical specimen himself like so he if he's in the full back line marking Aidan O'Shea it'd be harder in the full back line than the half or half or half back line because you know you're going to be punished more for fouls and um, you know like the type of ball coming in is going to be different but at the same time 
if you can do a similar job on Aidan O'Shea, I think that'll be key. Um, for Roscommon, Enda Smith is definitely the, the main man. He's going to probably be in the half-four line. It just depends who Mayo put on him. Um, the interesting to see if they put Lee Egan on him. Um, mm. So, um, like la- last, they got their mi- they got their matchups wrong last year. Um, Paul Craig was kind of looked over, and then he got the goal, um, and he did all his damage before they put Keegan on him. So they need to get their matchups right in the defence. Seen last year, even in the All Ireland against um, semi final against Dublin, like their whole defensive plan is based on who they put Paddy Durkin and Lee Keegan on, and now Oshin Mullen. And they get those three guys on the right people. You'd expect them to close them out, and um, but then if they put them on the wrong, like on the wrong, and Roscommon do have a lot of attacking options, so that that decision is in Mayo's hands. But Enda Smith is definitely the key, the key man in the um, in the Roscommon attack. For for Mayo, I I I think myself that how they come, how they deal in midfield um, is going to be crucial. Like like watching their games. Connor Loftus playing at midfield is just very unusual. I wrote about it in, in my column this week in the Irish Times. And yeah, it's just, he's, he's barely six foot. You know, he's an inside mm. forward and he's operating out, out there. He's done quite well to contest, but like it's clear, like in the three games he's played since the football's resumption, he's had, in two of them, Clark hasn't kicked any long kickouts to him. And the one he did kick to him against Tyrone, Connor McKenna won clean on him for a mark. So, like, they're obviously not using him as their own kick-out option. And when he has been kind of targeted, like, Galway targeted him in the second half of that league game, you know, Tom Flynn won two out of three balls clean for Marks on him. So, I think he can be really got at. Now, Tom, I don't have a midfielder like Tom Flynn, but, you know, I think he can still be got at. Um, and then if he is got at, are they going to stick with him because of what he offers elsewhere? Or are they going to start making moves, bringing out, bringing out Aidan O'Shea? Or are they going to put Shamey and Tom Parsons in as to go back to a running game? So a lot of that is depends on how Roscommon target them at midfield. Um, so that would be the key the key thing for Mayo, how their midfield does, and the key thing for Roscommon, how their, their forwards, especially Enda Smith, do. Yeah, I think you mentioned this a bit earlier, but do you, do you see Mayo just edging this one? Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I think Mayo, the closer I get to it, the more I, I'm kind of getting a feeling for Roscommon, but I think that's just from being from Roscommon. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just when I've seen, what I've seen in Mayo, um, yeah, I, I like, I've just been so impressed by them. And, um, like, I just think that, I, like, I, I don't, I don't, I, I think Roscommon are going well, but I just think Mayo will, be, will just be better than them. And I know that when the teams have met before Mayo, generally been better than them as well so um, yeah I'd be fancying Mayo and I'd be pretty confident of it Yeah and then the other game on, on Sunday the big one is at 4 o'clock it's uh, Cork Kerry um, it's again a bit of an unknown one like we saw last year Cork put up to Kerry for, for large parts and you know could have easily won it on another day uh, Kerry just won Division 1 and a lot of people are actually tipped him to win the All-Ireland this year um, so it, it's hard to know Cork haven't only played one game as well against Louds so like therefore we just don't know where they're at yeah yeah it's hard to know it's hard to know um, whether they didn't get to complete the county final either um, mm. but I think it's a bit I think like for me Kerry and Mayo have both you know I think both of them have shown enough to to put themselves like that I think they'll definitely be 
if they can get out of their provinces, of course, um, and then they meet in Ireland, the, the winners of Connacht meet Munster in the semi Ireland semi final. I think both of them look like all Ireland contenders. Um, Kerry, obviously, we've seen that last year, but I think Mayo so far as well in recent games. But I think that in this game, Cork are definitely competitive, but I don't think they're you know, it's a, as competitive as you would expect, like Roscommon would be against Mayo. Um, like if they were to win that game, it would be a, would be a big, like a massive shock. Um, I think that last year they really, they really tested Kerry. They scored three goals against them. Goals are key. They scored a load of goals last year. Um, I wrote about them in one of the columns of Brian Hurley, a remarkable amount of goals and just overall. Um, and they carry the ball. Um, like they play traditional Cork football, like, to its absolute purest form, which is so hard to play against. I know playing against Cork University teams down the years, like they just carry the ball and not like Ulster teams kind of hand passing, like they, they, they carry and take you on and then constant men off the shoulders. And it's very hard to play against. Um, and yeah, they just, that creates overlaps and they've got huge pace in their team. And if they were like, I, I'd imagine they'd be, a better team than they were last year. Their players from the under 21s coming through. Paul Walsh midfield is very strong. Um, they're very strong in the middle third. I think it'll be competitive, but I think Kerry will will be kind of stronger overall, um, stronger on the bench and kind of just more game smarts. But Cork, Cork and Kerry, they take that, that fixture takes a lot of its own over the years. Like you know, when mm. Kerry win all, Cork could beat them. You know, um, so I don't think like Cork aren't the team they were back then yet, but. Um, it is so hard to predict when you bring in that element. But then will that element be the case if there's no fans? So, um, yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard one to predict. Like the kind of the the feeling or the 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 passion that would generally be there to to say if that's going to be back. But just in looking at them in terms of quality, Kerry Kerry have more. Yeah, I mean, Cork are one of those teams over the years. You just don't know what you're going to get because they could be brilliant some days. I think I remember when they played Mayo and Limerick in that qualifier, no game a chance. They just pull out these unbelievable performances sometimes, or then, on the other hand, they could be terrible. So, you just don't know. I mean, Kerry have added, obviously, Tony Brosnan to their, their attack, another dimension, like, with him, Clifford, O'Shea, Stephen O'Brien, you know, Paul Ganey, like, there's so many options up there. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, like even the guy last year impressed in the league, the likes of Darren Moynihan and... Yeah. Um, like they they barely got a much of a look in and when it really came down to it. Tony Brosnan is coming through now and obviously James Donahue and as you say Gini and like where do you fit Tommy Walsh is still there? Like you you know, that you've got a real really strong competition for forwards there. Um and that's where yeah, I like it's very hard to see. Even like like I do rate Cork. Um I do think the Cork have been inconsistent over the years and very poor over the years, but like since they got relegated last year, they really did get their act together. And they were strong last year. Like they were very competitive in the championship last year. Got to the Super Eights, and they've carried that through to the league. Um, and you can see, like even their, their the the performance of Nemo and stuff like that, and their underage teams. Like it has, it, core football is in a lot better place over the last say, eighteen months. Um, but yeah, the that carry attack looks even stronger than last year. Like Tony Brosnan is like he's he's, he's some of his watching the clips of Tony Gall game and some of his high steps. You know, it's. Um, he he definitely adds something different, I think, to them. Um, but again, you have to pick. You can only pick three of these guys. You know, like mm. you got Borghini out, and you know, there's much of a muchness between them. I think the places where Kerry need to improve is the other side of the field. Um, 
So, um, and then that will that will be tested this week because that's where you know Cork are strong, Cork have a goal threat, and Kerry's full back line and stuff like that. There are still question marks over it. And there's a lot of talk about Kerry's strength and conditioning and stuff like that. Um, a lot of work has been done on it and stuff like that. So it'd be interesting just to see because Cork are, are physical, they're very fast. Um, so it will be a good test. You know, Rory Dean, Ian McGuire, these lads around the middle. You know, if you're coming out, if you're winning ball and, you know, running with these guys, you'll do it against anyone. Yeah, I mean, Terry do seem to be having a bit more of a defensive structure. They're, even in the two league games, they're, they're trying to um, do something about it. Um, and we know before as they have that and that's not an issue at all. It's just conceding that the scores at the other end. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about that, but I, I wrote about it last year. They they did the same thing last. Year. They they they, try, they they basically got bodies behind the ball and like simple enough. Like, but they when they lost the ball, they just all kind of recycled behind it and then tried to push out from there. It's kind of the kind of the ideal template that teams are trying to do now. You know, because um, you need to get bodies back, but we don't want kind of bodies just kind of marking space like what you see I suppose a lot in a lot of kind of the lower teams or sometimes done it's performed executed a lot better by the Ulster teams um, so they're trying to get back and then push up um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that there's a massive difference in, or there will be a massive difference in their defensive organisation um, it's just personnel really um, and trying to add to that um, so and there doesn't seem to be too much of a freshness in that in that defence so that would be the area of concern for them. Yeah, I mean, lastly on this, you predict probably not a comfortable carry in, but there won't be too many problems probably come the end. Yeah, I I, I can see Kerry like pushing away at the end, like similar mm. enough to last year, to be honest. Like you know, yeah. Kerry winning by um just with too much strength and in, in in their like even, even if Cork coming up to the last five minutes were level or had gone a point up, you could I could still see Kerry getting the scores and winning by two or three points. Um because of the strengths of their squad and just yeah it's just a better team yeah and um, Leinster then Saturday evening Dublin play their, their first championship game against West Mees now you know it's going to be an easy enough win you, you'd assume for, for Dublin but there's been probably more questions going into this championship about Dublin than probably the last five years not as many people are actually tipping them people are tipping Kerry's and Mayo's which is, you, know, you can understand it, but like, again, Dublin won their, their two league games since they've come back. Now, they weren't impressive, but they still won them and they won five in a row, so they deserve to be favourites still. Yeah, oh, they definitely deserve to be favourites. Like, you, like if, you, if you had to put your money um, on anyone, you know, and you, you, it wasn't, that money was, wasn't easy going, you'd be still putting it on Dublin. Um, they just, you know, they're so, they're so strong and the, the players who they're bringing in from club championship are playing well and they're given opportunities to, who like have impossible tasks to try and get into that, to break into that team. Um, you know, they're all top quality players. Um, just like two, two reasons why I'm kind of doubting them as all kind of dead starts really. Um, is may, I listened to Jim McGuinness talking about um, how difficult basically it is as a, manager in his first in your first year trying to just organize things not to mind in the current circumstances in the year that's been um so like Dublin won't be kind of as well organized under a new manager this year as they have been in um which is I suppose no one's going to be fully as organized as they were but you know that's definitely going to be isn't going to help their cause and I just think that they're kind of the, the style of play they've settled into has just become very comfortable very possession based um it's so hard to beat but um, they're going to cruise through Leinster 
uh, going to play themselves into form, work out their team. You know, that, that's all a given, really. But when a team comes at them, another in semi-final or final, I think, and like can match them with quality and comes and plays with a different intensity, the question is, can they turn that on? Because um, they're kind of, in the league there, they just looked like they were just very one pace. And that one pace was good enough to beat everyone else. But are they still able to turn on that extra gear is the question. The Westmead aren't going to make it. Yeah, I mean, it's always the same every year. People say our Dublin are at a disadvantage in Leicester that they won't be tested. But, you know, when coming all Ireland semi-final, they played Donegal and Donegal have just played uh, Tyrone and Armand and Ulster final. Will it affect them this year? Yeah, and, and not only like will Tyrone or Donegal have played, um, fair enough, Donegal's kind of toughest two teams are gone now, Monaghan and Tyrone, but like say if they're playing against Donegal who have come through, like Donegal probably would have been playing nearly, uh, is like a week or two before, you know, like there's very little in between, um, time in between the fixtures as well. And like in, in other years, you might have looked for a bit of a tougher test. You would, might have liked a bit of a tougher test in the province um, to get you ready, but like, Kerry and Mayo we wish they were in Dublin's shoes now because you know you could be ready to compete for an All Ireland, but if you're not on it, you know if yeah. if Mayo lose, um, and that's it. Like, and Kerry, if they're not on it, Cork, Cork will, you know, could easily beat them. So Dublin cannot be on it; and they're still going to win. You know, Dublin could be trailing by a good bit and could make six subs and win by ten points. Like you know, yeah. Yeah. they're gonna. They're they're so comfortable for them that this year I think it really suits them because they don't have that that threat. Um, but in, it'll suit them until they're in semi final or final. Like I think that they'll, yeah, I, I think they'll be stronger than the Ulster teams coming out. But when they do get that final test, um, now it's not, it's 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 very distractful saying that to to the Leinster teams, but it's just not Leinster just hasn't been competitive. Um, you know they're generally Division Three, Division Two counties. Um, and they just haven't, no, yeah, they're just not as strong, you know. Um, like in, in Connacht, you've Galway, Roscommon, and Mayo. Like, they'd all be the second best team in in Leinster. Not to mind, you know, your Monaghan's, Donegal's, Tyrone's, Cavan's, and Cork's. You know, they'd all be, you know, the next best team in Leinster. So. Yeah, and then the other side of the draw, obviously, Meath and Kildare are separated from Dublin this year, so that one of them will have the opportunity to get the final. Um, Meath play Wicklow um, at the weekend. Now, Wicklow are on a bit of a high. They've beaten Wexford twice in a row. They got promoted. It's a pity for them that it's behind closed doors because you would imagine there would have been a, a huge crowd knock for that one. Yeah, yeah. like they've, They're always hard to beat in the championship game in Ockram. Um, I covered like my first ever... GA County match and, and I remember hitchhiking there it's, uh, it's the middle of nowhere and like even just kind of the trip out the trek out there and kind of the, the setup and facilities there is kind of very traditional shall we say um, it'll, even without fans it'll be a test and the, the grounds and it'll be a test for, for me coming down there and yeah Wicklow would, would see that as a bit of a fortress um, Wicklow have been going well um, into promotion and they bet Wexford who were kind of you know were another one of the division four teams um, but yeah Mead will be a big step up Wicklow's have been the team's kind of been their success the last since the resumption has been based around midfield Dean Healy's been brilliant for them in the middle of the field um, he played with Dean in DCU he's 
brilliant um, athlete. He's really committed, really all, good all-round footballer. Um, but he's going to have it. He's going to have it all to do against Brian Menton and Ronan Jones because that's a strong mid midfield. They're very, um, say it's Mead's strongest place. So um, Wicklow be Wicklow playing well. It bring confidence into the game, and they have home advantage. But I think um, Mead will see that one off. And likewise, in the other one, like Offaly got their first championship win in how many? I think since 2013, is it? Or 2016, is it? Um, mm-hmm. Against Carlow. And that's, that's um, so they'll be coming in with a bit of confidence. And they were competitive in the league. Um, so they'll be coming in with a bit of confidence. But again, Kildare, I think, could just be, be too strong for them. And that's, like, I, I think Kildare are the team who'll, who this? Who I like? I, I'd fancy Kildare putting it up to Dublin more so than Mead, to be honest. Um, I think Mead kind of getting credit for being in a lot of those league games. They kind of stuck at it, you know. They were they were unlucky in some of the games. You know, they they that they were ended up losing. They kind of had leads and stuff. But I think it was more so a case of yeah, they just kind of did, they kind of stuck at it and they were kind of consistent. And you know, if they were a few points behind, they just kept plugging away, kept plugging away, um, which is a great sign of character and stuff like that. But I. I wouldn't be reading into it too much. Yeah, and then Ulster is the, the last province we'll look at. Um, Kevin Antrim, I mean, you know, I thought before the Monaghan Kevin game that Monaghan would win that comfortably enough because I've seen them against Roscommon with half a team missing and they were really poor. But fair play to Kevin. You know, Monaghan did say off them, but, you know, they came back and showed great character. Yeah, like, I don't know enough about Banty and he seems an infectious enough character, but it did seem like a bit of a step backwards bringing Monaghan kind of going back, bringing Banty in after yeah. kind of just had um, under Maliki O'Rourke. So I think that, I think that, um, that they'll have, they'll have, two, sorry, the cabin bet then was a surprise, but like it wasn't the shock it would have been if it was last year or, or, or um, the year before. Um, and I don't think it would have happened, but even though Cavan were stronger in those those years, um, but I think that Cavan will get by Antrim. Like yeah, Antrim are not are not going to be at the at the races, so it would be a huge shock for even though Antrim put off some shocks in the qualifiers over the years, and um, when they were kind of on their knees. But again, that's bringing a crowd and other things into it against teams who kind of just lost or whatever. Where Cavan will be on a bit of a high, um, so you'd imagine Cavan will get by that. Um, yeah, you'd imagine Cavan would without without much trouble get by that. It's a good opener for Cavan now this year. That's it because the Sunday beat Manon and their their seasons just open up because yeah, for Manon down which is on their side as well, um, that should be you know a tight enough game. I probably think Down might just edge it, but you know for any one of them um, them teams, you know it's a huge opportunity to get to know their final now. Yeah, yeah, um, Down put out. The second team against Loud and got hammered in the last game of the league. Mm. So it's I, I don't know kind of what was the idea in that in as far yeah. as guys games, um, and you're kind of losing any momentum which you would have had on a having gained promotion, which is kind of a, a positive, obviously. Um, so it's hard to know kind of what what way they what way they're set. Um, from Anna, competitive, you know, but they're going down. So I think that would be close. Um, that would be close, but down would have the better footballers, but it'd definitely be close. Um, so, and it depends what way from is set up. Like we haven't seen enough of them this year because obviously we're not seeing all of those, we're not, we're not seeing many live with them. And 
with the, the football being being stopped and, and and whatnot. So, but that'll be close. Where the other Ulster game, you know, you'd imagine be very one sided. Yeah, there is actually two other games. Um, one of Munster is Limerick Tip um, that we didn't mention before. But you know, Limerick, again, a bit like Wicklow, they're on a bit of a high, you know, comfortable enough win against Watford. Uh, Tipperary have won three in a row as well, a good win against Clare for them. So, again, it's another great opportunity for one of them to, to get to a final. Yeah, Tip have kind of been, even in, since the lockdown, they've kind of just been improving. Um, like, none of their wins were massively convincing. And then they've kind of just teetered away, te- like, built up and um, like the win against Clare was kind of seen by many people as just essentially a monster semi-final um, but Limerick yeah you can they, they have been they have been good uh, Ian Corbett centre-back from his brilliant footballer like he really is a brilliant player the last two years now he's been putting in fantastic performances for mm-hmm. them and yeah but no they temporarily have too much um, too much strength in attacking but again it depends on conditions and stuff like that you wouldn't Tipperary at no means a finished or a, a polished, you know, operation that they could just see off a team without performing well. But yeah, Tip will. I, I'd be shocked if Tip didn't come through that. Yeah, and then the last game football to see. It would be good though for Monster football to mm-hmm. see Limerick surgeons. Yeah, and then the last the last game is uh, Longford Leash. Um, obviously, Leash pulled off that incredible. Escape against Fermanagh, the other locked in, buried and managed to pull it out of the, the bag. You'd probably think Leash should win that. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, Mickey Quinn's still not available. He had a, he had yeah. a baby girl and um, hasn't been back with them since since lockdown. And he's a huge loss, like mm. huge loss for them in, in around the middle, third, half back. Line. And um, but I think that, yeah, Leash, Leash should be. No, Lee should be too, Lee should be too strong for them. Um, overall, kind of had a dramatic. They should be kind of buoyed by the dramatic finish to the league. Um, she gives them a bit of confidence, and uh, yeah, they had they left them quite a good position before lockdown, and then they kind of looked to be a complete trouble um, up until the final quarter of their last league game. So um, it's hard to know which leash you're gonna if you're gonna get the leash of that end game and what before lockdown then yeah they should win it um, Longford have been if, if Longford had Mickey Quinn and they had if both teams were at full strength and you know in an undisrupted season I nearly would be back in Longford I think Longford do have a lot of good footballers um, but in all the, with the conditions as they are I think the leash um, even Longford not showing up for that game the dead mm-hmm. rope given and stuff like that it just doesn't point to for me, it doesn't point to good prep, best possible preparation. Um, so, yeah, I think long. For, I think Leash will win that one. Yeah, well, there was meant to be one other game. Obviously, Sligo had to to pull out of the, the Galway game. Now, it would have been interesting to see if it was the other way around. Maybe if Galway were hampered by this, would would they have been forced to postpone? Just I thought maybe they could have pushed the kind of final back a week and then played the semi final the week after and see could they do something because. All the other provincial finals aren't until the following week, anyway. So there was more room to maybe change something in comments. Yeah, and that's reading the quotes from Hugh Hill of the GA um, Games Administrator. He he was saying how that like this was it was the up to kind of council to make those decisions, and then kind of council were trying to push it back onto the GA, saying you know that they're bound by this thirteen day rule or whatever. But as you said, mm. if they moved to kind of final, created thirteen days. Um, so, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one and it's a hard one to comment on because you don't know the specific answers. You know, you kind of, people are saying seven cases and then they're automatically then saying, well, you know, how did Roscommon beat Cavan with 13 players and a manager missing? Um, and, but we don't really know the ins and outs of, you know, yeah. how players are affected by contact tracing and uh, who are, you know, what kind of a squad they have set up or whatever. But I do think it just shows... The, a the importance of having like was common have a development squad in place there, and if they do have like that, that's just the county that I know of because of mm. it's where I'm from. Have so if they were to have to be affected by something like that, they do have players available, and like I think that most counties should have something like that. So if you were even down 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 players, you should still be able to field. Um, I would think. People are saying, you know, if this is one of the weak, one of the bigger counties, but I question would one of the bigger counties, mm. you know, kind of throw, throw the the towel to a degree with it. Um, you know, it's obviously a very sensitive topic, but if you're kind of having an adult conversation about it, um, every team is playing with an element of risk. So you have to kind of put that to the side and make decisions on like how many players you have available. If you have a team available, you play. And I just think that um, if I was a player just on in the Sligo squad looking forward to a championship game or if I was a guy who was just say maybe dropped from the Sligo squad at the end of the league or just before lockdown or sorry just after lockdown or even just before lockdown you know I'd probably be buying it a bit to get a call to play um, to definitely put out a team lots of footballers in Sligo so um, yeah I'd question that um, to a degree and obviously yeah there's lots of arguments you can make for and against it but um, I just, I just don't kind of feel that whole thing of you know if it was one of the bigger counties. I don't think it would happen to one of the bigger counties that they'd be pulling out. They'd definitely be affected and lose top players, and that could be a talking point. But I don't think they'd be pulling out. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting what how it affects Galway because Scotland Mayo are playing, you know, a, a tough game Sunday, and Galway will have no real preparation going into a kind of final. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. Like it's hard to know where Galway are at because of it. lads going back from injuries and the team they they were putting out the league was kind of a very unusual team. The last two rounds of the league, he was mixing and matching during the earlier stages as well. But he had like for that first game against Mayo, they were down the Mike Cullen lads, and then he had injuries to you know obviously Comer then picked up the injury, Walsh couldn't start, and he also had um, like just like players like Ronan Steed and stuff like that who were missing who you know had been playing well for them. So um, it's hard to know where they're at. Go, they definitely could do it again to kind of mix it all together. But I think anything that gives that doesn't really give them much more time because you would expect them to beat Sligo anyway. So if their yeah. injuries will come back for the game afterwards. But um, yeah, it doesn't look quite as promising for them in their kind of bid as it did, you know, a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh, well, that's exactly that's exactly it. But last question: If you had to predict the the All Ireland winners uh, for all these games this weekend, uh, who would you go for? Um, I'm gonna go for Kerry. Um, yeah, I think Kerry. Um, I just think that their their attack and their hunger and just their kind of their attack and style. Um, the lay the the kind of different types and different transitions and the different options that they have and their hunger I think will if they get Dublin on the one occasion this time with a bit more experience and a one-off they might catch Dublin um, catch Dublin in the one gear that they'd have been playing in up until then um, 
Yeah, because if Dublin are at their best, no one's beaten them. Yeah, yeah, it should be an interesting championship anyways. But uh, Eamon, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks.